Hello and welcome to episode 137 of the Film Yak Podcast. I'm John. And I'm Kevin. And JR is uh, going to be joining us momentarily, we hope. He's uh, putting that kiddo to sleep. You know how that can be? They don't always want to do what you want them to do. Mm-hmm. So we're going to start without him. And uh, I will say, since he's not here, I'll, I feel free to bash him a little bit. Um, <clears throat> I did listen to the um, the 180 rule, which mm. is the other podcast that he guests on ra- rather frequently, too. I don't know if mm. you're aware of it. He's on, like, every other episode. Um, and they were talking about Oscar predictions. This is back in January, but they were talking about... And I, I just listened to it recently, but or mm. yes, like yesterday and today. But uh, they were talking Oscar predictions when the Oscar nominations came out. And uh, they were talking cinematography, and Deacons is up for uh, that Sam Mendes movie. Oh, yeah, Empire uh, of Light. Empire of Light. <clears throat> and they were talking about how he wins... He gets nominated a lot, and he's won. Now that he's won, he's like, he wins all the time now, even though he's, mm. he's only won twice. But and then they started asking each other, did he win for Dune? And uh, <laughs> and I said to myself, uh, no, because he didn't shoot Dune. Oh, but right. they, <laughs> and they all thought that he shot Dune, and it <laughs> went on for a long time, them arguing about whether or not he won. And they were like, they were like, if Dune didn't win, what could have won that year? And it turns out Dune, of course, did win for mm. Greg, Greg Frazier, the cinematography of Fur of Dune, uh, took home Oscar gold, and Deacon's right. nowhere to be seen. So I thought it was pretty, it was pretty, it was cringy because I was like, <laughs> I, was to, I was like, oh man, this is embarrassing. It's like three film nerds and they don't know who shot Dune. Yeah, I mean, especially when you have like. All of us literally have Google in our hands. Yeah, yeah. and they're like, looking—they're looking at computers because you know they're recording over Skype as well. So they're looking at their oh, computers. Right, right. But they—but see, that's the thing—they think they know. Yeah, right? yeah. And so that's the problem when you think you know, it doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, well, I mean, are there trailers? Anything released recently? Can you? Did you see anything interesting? Uh, let's see. The, the yeah, the only thing of note I could really think of was uh, a pie is being. I, it was interesting that A twenty four was like, "Hey, we're getting into the remastering game now." Yeah. Um, you know, like they're you know, like already this you know, like for for a very like you know small like artsy fartsy niche uh, studio like they've had like some super duper successes you know this this year especially yeah so like um you know it's not it's not a super surprise that they would get into that but um i think it's more about i mean don't you think it's more about their relationship with aronofsky probably like he did the whale for them he'll probably Mm -hmm. whatever he does next will probably be an a24 release as well yeah, it's like 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 anyone who does uh, like um, like a Criterion closet visit, you can pretty much guarantee that that you know like oh sure they were in town for whatever, but like they're probably gonna be on adventures in movie going or like they're you know working with Criterion on this that or the other, right? Um, so yeah, um, 
It's a good it would point. be interesting to see some A24 closet visits. <laughs> well, they have um, they have actors from those movies sometimes. I mean, they have the Daniels, mm-hmm. uh, the guys who directed yeah, the, yeah. everything everywhere. Um, they visited, which mm-hmm. was you can you know you can guess what they like. You know, it's just your typical uh, film mm. school derivative garbage. Anyway, there's also um, <laughs> there was a uh, there was a, a mini series a few years ago called Waco. I don't know if you recall this. Uh, Michael oh, Shannon yeah, started. Yeah, yeah I saw. There's the Waco with the Return, the Aftermath. Oh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, which is a uh, sequel mini series. Mm. Uh, Starring Michael Shannon as the same FBI agent with the heart of gold, mm. who's uh, now chasing after what's his face, the guy who uh, blew up Oklahoma. Oh, the Unabomber. No, not Unabomber. Um, the Oklahoma City guy. Um, oh, what's his name? Timothy McVeigh. Oh. Yeah, I'm sure they'll get into the whole mm, mm. Uh, that maybe that stuff too. It's well, it seems like it's a lot more about like um, like the Missouri 51st and the militias and stuff like that, and the um, mm. who's that guy that Ruby Ridge, all that stuff. Anyway, so I watched the original Waco, and it's not mm. it's not good necessarily. It's like trashy, but mm. but Shannon is good in it. And uh, I, I, I said at the time on this podcast that it's the only good performance Taylor Kitsch has ever given. Right. As uh, David Koresh, um, who apparently like there's like flashbacks of David Koresh in this series, but he's not played by Taylor Kitsch. So mm, I don't they, know. Could, they couldn't just recycle footage from the you, show. You would think so, but I guess they had to like reshoot stuff. And I mean, it's like then they can't mm. they're not going to pay Taylor Kitsch. <clears throat> however many millions of dollars he wants to reprise that role. So they got some rando fella fella to be in there, but Shea Wiggum's back too. And John Leguizamo. So it could be good. I don't know. could be watchable at least same directors as before. Okay. So at least I think, yeah, they were the original. Yeah. Uh, Drew and John Eric Dowdle Mm. who aren't great. They like did, um, one of them did uh, Devil, I think that uh, that movie about the devil in the elevator. Oh, the one that Shyamalan wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then they both did No Escape, not the No Escape we reviewed with Ray Liotta, R.I.P., <laughs> but the No Escape with Owen Wilson and Pierce Brosnan, which was horrible. Oh. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. So I guess I mean there's really not many other trailers to discuss. Obviously, it's uh, March is going to be huge. A lot of big movies in March. Mm. Got uh, Scream coming soon. There's two, at least two other ones. I know I'm going to blank <laughs> now, of course, on what they are. But right. there's like three or four movies I'm looking forward to. Oh, mm. John Wick is coming at the end of March, mm. which I'm sure everyone is excited about. Uh, yeah. So anyway. Let's uh, move on to what we watched. Sure. Maybe we can power through this entire episode before John shows up. It's entirely possible. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'll uh, defer to you. Kevin. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, well, I finally got around to watching Bones and All. 
Um, and you are 100% right. Mark Rylance every day of the week and twice on Sundays. Yeah, he was like, robbed. 100%. Yeah, like he was like he's so like because like I've seen him in other stuff. And, you know, like, you know, this is one of those things where I think people like unless they know he's British, like, um, you know, they wouldn't necessarily be able to tell. But like, yeah, he's so, so creepy and so like. Like, he reminded me, like, he, the, the movie takes place in the 80s, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, like, he, he, he would have been, like, like, someone who definitely would have been in, like, a, um, a freak show in, like, the 40s and 50s. <laughs> like, because, like, like, um, like, that was, that was, that's one of the things about, like, those things, like, it wasn't necessarily, like, you know, the oddest of you know human oddities it was like people who had like you know genuine like um medical issues um you know one way or another so like he he maybe would have worked one or you know been like i don't know the barker like come one come all come and see you know such and such um but yeah like so good so good He's great. I think all the performances are great, though. But um, he mm. definitely stands out. Yeah. Um, it's funny too. Like, I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm reaching because you know she's been in so much uh, stuff. But like, um, the girl who's in the movie, to me, she looks so much like Zendaya, but she's not. <laughs> So it made me think like, well, maybe they wanted her, but like Zendaya's, um, you know, schedule wouldn't allow for it or something. Um, it's possible. I, yeah. I, I, I know that, um, I definitely thought that too, uh, especially during like early trailers and stuff. I remember thinking, you see the poster, it looks like her in profile. Yeah. Yeah. And they have extremely similar skin tones. Mm hmm. Yeah, like as as far as like, you know, how they actually look, like they don't really look anything look anything like each other, but like it was very obvious like they kind of you know, did her hair, makeup, wardrobe to like be kind like, you know. Yeah. We need we need Rue in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> there's a passing resemblance for sure. Mm. Uh and I mean there's the connection you think of her because Chalamet was in Dune with her. Yeah, exactly. Uh, not that, you know, not that he's anything like his character in Dune in this movie, but mm. uh, yeah. So anyway, yeah, I just thought it was a damn good film and uh, overlooked by all the award shows. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I watched uh, Spike's Gang. Which is, uh, I watched a lot of westerns from the early 70s, this go-around. When I was in mm. Houston, I would get home, well, home, I would get to the ho- hotel, <clears throat> I would get to the hotel around, like, dinner time, you know? Because mm-hmm. I didn't, I don't go out at night when I was there, I was just kind of, like, doing stuff all day, and then I'd come home and relax, come back to the hotel and relax, and I would, uh, mm-hmm. get on my laptop and watch, watch 70s westerns, man. Yeah. And uh, I watched the Spikes Gang, which is directed by Richard Richard Fleischer, 
and stars Lee Marvin as Spikes, a an outlaw, an aging outlaw who uh, takes three young boys under his wing and teaches them to be outlaws and part of his gang. And they are played by Gary Grimes, who you wouldn't recognize. He's sort of nobody, but um, he's also in a um, another great Western I like called the Culpepper Cattle Company. But anyways. Yeah, also, I remember you talking about yeah. that. Like, you, you really enjoyed it. It was great. Um, and also a young Ron Howard is in this and Charles, oh. Charles Martin Smith. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. So two uh, – two, uh, uh, directors in the making yeah and american (laughs) graffiti boys that's true yeah that's right um so and this is from 1974 so i'm not sure when graffiti came out when did american graffiti come out that came out like Uh, earlier than that wasn't it 73 i think so yeah uh let me see so they must be lifting the casting sheet from this film for this film i mean um but i mean it would make sense. Like, um, I, I remember in uh, that um, letterbox is being weird. Um, in the uh, seventy-three. Okay, yeah, yeah you got it. <laughs> but yeah, um, in that De Palma um documentary that Noah Baumbach did, like, uh, he they were talking about how like um, like they were making uh star Wars and Carrie around the same time. And so they were just like swapping actors back and forth. Like, Oh yeah. You know, like they're not good. They're not good for my movie, but maybe they'll work in yours. And so, yeah, I don't, yeah, it's been a long time, but yeah, I mean, that's, that makes sense. I mean, there's probably a lot of that sort of thing going on, mm. especially early on. And there's in these people's careers where they're sort of, they want the work and they, you know, they'll sort of, jump at things no matter what mm-hmm. but um not that ron howard was i mean you know he's been acting since he was like nine but <clears throat> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway anyway this movie is good it's uh it's like very entertaining it's not it's light on plot it's like a lot of just hanging out with these three kids and like they enter sort of intermittently run into spikes the Lee Marvin character, mm-hmm. like he, he's not in it. I mean, he's in the movie a lot, but he's like, he's not in every scene. It's more about the three boys mm. and like their, their sort of adventure of like running away from home together and to become bandits. And like, they try to rob a bank and like they botch <laughs> the whole thing up and like end up killing people <laughs> and shit. It's just, it's terrible. And, um, but I'll tell you the thing that I like most about it or the thing that affected me most about it that I'll remember is, uh, toward the end, I don't want to give away anything, but but uh, one a, a character dies, and the and another character has this very like sort of um, heartfelt uh, breakdown emotionally about it, and he like picks up his body and he's like holding him, and 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 it's just very like tender, and it's it struck me as being very very real, mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it, it almost like doesn't fit with what this movie is surrounding it, but it were it got me got a. It, made me misty <laughs> so it worked yeah i would highly recommend it it feels like a movie that's going to go up on a rewatch i gave it a three and a half it feels like mm. it can go, easily go up to a four it's nice. a heavy three and a half um and i don't richard fleischer is not a he's a definite uh 
I don't know if you call him a blind spot, but like I don't know that I'm interested in a lot of the stuff that he's done. Yeah, I mean, like I'm trying to just off the top of my head, like he did. I think he did Vikings. Yes, the yeah. Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. And yeah, that's that's okay. I mean, I remember, I'd watch no. that. It's just like stuff like. I mean, he did Ten Rillington Place, which was like it was okay. Oh yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. He did Tora, 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 which I remember being really boring. But again, I, I, I think I saw it when I was like 13, so that's not really fair. Mm. Uh, Soylent Green. <laughs> I mean, oh yeah. I don't know. That just feels like it's a cheese fest, but uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and like the uh, the Conan sequels, Conan the Destroyer and Red Sonia, which are like the PG-13, you know, mm. not interesting. He did do um, See No Evil though. With uh, Mia Farrow, which was like her oh. follow-up to uh, Rosemary's Baby, mm. which I'm sort of interested in. Okay. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that's Spike's Gang. It's good. Check it out. Mm. It's on Amazon Prime. Cool. Speaking of um, westerns, that reminded me. I saw something. I, did, I didn't actually look it up, so I'm not sure if it's true, but something about uh, Barry Keoghan, like, playing Billy the Kid in something. Ooh. Yeah, so I figured, that. like, that would, yeah, that would be right up your alley. There's a um, Billy the Kid series on Paramount Plus. Mm. That's in its second season somehow. And I remember I saw the trailer for the second. I was like, where did this come from? Because I like I was like, I never uh, heard about the first season. Mm. And uh, hang on. Yeah, it's called Billy the Kid. Oh, that's why. Oh, that's why. That's right. It was on because uh, I guess the first season was on Epics. Oh, well, Maybe, yeah. Like, then it came to Paramount Plus or something. I don't know. It was definitely a Paramount thing, though, that I saw mm. from the creator of Vikings. Which is that AMC show, I think. Um, mm. I don't know. I, I'm always very interested in Billy the Kid in particular. Yeah, He's for a sure. Fascinating character. Mm. Might have to might have to get into this. Anyway. Okay. Let's see. Um Let's see. Uh, I watched I watched a whole lot of movies that I don't really have like too much to say about. Like uh, We're the Millers, I thought was pretty funny. Um, I watched that anime that uh, Jr. told me about Bell, which like I don't remember if he actually said it um, in his review, but there are like like it's a very obvious like Beauty and the Beast thing. Oh, and, is it? Yeah. And like there, like there are literally shots that are like, like straight out of the Disney Beauty and the Beast. Oh wow. Um, and yeah, and uh, it was a good movie, but um, I, I was I was not crazy about the ending. Like it really kind of like, like I th- I think it didn't end quite early enough because there's like, like there's you know like you talk about like in you know, writing classes, like, there's the denouement, where, like, this is, like, the the real, like, end of, like, this is where everything comes together, and, um, but then there's, like, you know, the, this little epilogue, which is, like, 
okay, why do you know, don't think we really needed this, but um, let's see. And let's see. I finally finished uh, the first Human Condition movie, No Greater Love. And long as it is, and it is long, it's like three and a half hours. Yeah. But it is it is still really good. And like so like it's it's about this uh this guy in Japan during the war and like uh Japan has already like occupied like uh China and Manchuria and like he's um sent off to Manchuria to work to supervise this labor camp. And like all the all the Japanese dudes there are like, well, let's just beat the shit out of them. It doesn't matter, you know. They're they're just they're just laborers, but you know. And he's like, no, if we keep beating the crap out of them, then we then first of all, we're not human beings if we do that. Second of all, the production is gonna fall to shit. We're not gonna meet our quotas. So like, it's most of the movie is him going back and forth with you know he's trying to treat, treat the manchurian people as people even though like you know they're smack in the middle of war and like um like especially like there's this one like army captain who's like super super nationalist and uh you know sounds like you're talking bad about the empire i wouldn't do that and (laughs) so um but yeah like uh tatsuya nakadai the lead um he is fantastic. He is so good. And like pretty much the entire cast is great too. Um so yeah, I would, you know, <laughs> you know, def- definitely, you know, it's going to take some doing, but I would highly recommend it. It's an easy four and a half even make, though it's three and a half time hours for it, right? Yeah, for sure. And I I want to I want to and I will see part 2 and part 3. Um I don't know how long it's going to take, but I will do it. <laughs> You'll get it. Probably get the next one on the next episode, and then the third yeah, one on yeah. the just, one Yeah, just that. give me another month, and I'll have it. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I ended up watching, uh, again, just nothing but Westerns, pretty much. I mean, I, you know, I mean, I did some did some uh oscar stuff too but i'll but i think jr watched those too so i'll catch up with that but watched a, a movie that you you saw at some point and i don't remember you talking about it at all but you apparently watched it back in 2019 a movie called kid blue directed by oh, james yeah. raleigh um right. starring the hopper dennis hopper mm-hmm. uh as bickford wainer <laughs> <laughs> And you know, there's nothing I, I gotta tell you. I think that there's two things that are for sure, okay. And that's mm-hmm. the most reliable actor and time period of all time is Dennis Hopper in the late '60s, early '70s, and War Notes in the late '60s, early '70s. Yeah, that's there's, why I watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's nothing. You, there's nothing to fuck with there. Like everything yeah. you're doing is working. Even Dennis Hopper's so out of control, but it mm. still works. And Warren Oates is so in control. And his character in this is nothing like I thought he was going to be. He's like such a strange character for a Western. So gentle and like 
I love all the stuff about like him talking about sharing his feelings with, with another man and like, why can't he do that? You know, like what's mm. wrong with that? Like, you know, society looks down on like it's strange or something. And like, there's all these homosexual undertones, but in that, like it doesn't ever go there because that's not really what it's about. Mm. It's like Warren Oates. I don't, I don't get the impression that Warren Oates is attracted to Dennis Hopper sexually. And maybe, I mean, you know, you correct me if I'm wrong. This is my perception though. I feel like it's a genuine thing that Warren Oates is like an intellectual and he's intellectualizing his feelings and he's thinking to himself, why can't I be friends with this fellow? Why can't I, you know, hang out with him and talk about things that matter? And yeah, you know, and the, like the bathing scene and stuff like all that's like, <laughs> there's like a weird dynamic there because there's obviously there's um what's her face in the middle of it. Lee Purcell in the middle of it. Who's obviously super into the young, hot Dennis Hopper, mm-hmm. but I don't know. Warren Oates in this just blew me away. And uh, Dennis Hopper was great also. I mean, they're just all great. And the, I just thought it was really strange. And there's a few things that don't work for me. I'm a, I'm like, a, I, one of the things I hate the most about Westerns from this time period is, uh, like, 70s specifically, is they're, they, like, inject these weird uh, bits of technology into into their films that, like, were burgeoning then or uh like there's a movie called um the minute great northfield minnesota raid which i remember hating and uh it's like towards the end of it there's like this there's like this wagon with an organ built into it. it's like a steam steam powered pipe organ oh and, yeah like a I'm, steam calliope yeah and i'm just like i mean yeah. i'm sure and i know these things existed and i'm not like but it's just the way that they're sort of like fetishized and like focused on in these films, it really bothers me. Yeah, like this yeah. movie has a, a little bit of that with the Peter Boyle's airplane that he's creating his, um, <laughs> I forget what he calls it. It's like, he calls it like a cyclocopter or some shit. <laughs> and, and at the end, how Hopper actually flies it for a moment, <laughs> which is almost like, um, like a, you know, fantastical, goofy i mean i like the way that it it sort of doesn't work and he crashes and then has to you know sort of Mm. shoot his way out of everything but uh, i don't know that that all that stuff like it just it's what keeps it from being uh, a much higher grade for me but i i really did enjoy kid blue a lot actually Mm. i need to watch that again because like i remember thinking it was like decent at the Mm. time um and yeah like, like i said like i watched it for you know warren oates um definitely i mean i didn't even know he was in it until i uh i saw hopper was the thing that turned me on to it and then i saw mm. like ben johnson and peter boyle are in and i'm like oh shit yeah yeah and then it's like warren oates too and lee purcell <laughs> is is in um dirty little billy so like that's just another it's like gravy you know yeah yeah what'd you think of i i'm, I'm sure he's played him in other movies but i don't think i've seen them What'd you think of Ben Johnson as the villain? I thought he was a piece of shit. I wanted him to die so badly. Mm. Like he was such an asshole. And I love all the scenes where Dennis Hopper is like standing up to people like that dinner scene where the guy is telling him like he needs to be like he needs to grow up and all this shit. And he's like and he like loses it on him. Mm. I love all that. I could have used way more of that, in fact. And it's like every time he ran into Ben Johnson, like he lost his balls because obviously Ben Johnson is like a. You know, he has power. He has authority, you know, not like yeah, this, yeah. this goofball he's living with at the hotel doesn't have any power over him. But 
Ben Johnson will shoot him, you know? <laughs> like so he's yeah, like yeah. so he has to be sort of kowtow to him. And I love the whole idea of like him having like the idea that the 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 owner of the factory like it's all it's also like a, a pretty thinly veiled indictment of like capitalism, which makes a lot of sense for yeah. the time period also. And it's like because he goes through he goes through all these menial jobs trying to get to this the the sort of ultimate industrial uh this the ceramics factory that's in town where Warren Oates lives or Warren Oates works and then um the fact that he uh like gets there and then like the Ben Johnson's running the show there too essentially he's ordering the the CEO telling him what to do telling the boss what to do and and that Dennis Hopper has to like listen they like they're trying to control like his his daily life they're saying you know we don't want you to do this anymore and you know they like they ground him essentially and which is what finally mm. pushes him over the edge yeah but i really i don't know i really enjoyed it it's just oddball sort of forgotten mm-hmm. western hey and jr has joined us yeah and i'm jr <laughs> <laughs> all right well uh i guess we should just jump right to jr then yeah go Since ahead man it's you know we've what already about, gone through a couple so what have we what have we talked about? We talked about uh I don't even have anything to talk about. Did you talk about women's hockey yet? Did no, I've only, I've only talked about my seventies western kick. So Okay. I talked about the Spikes gang and Kid Blue and Kevin talked about Bell and something else. Uh the first human condition. Human film. condition, right, right, right. Oh, cool. All right. Um I was uh I've been trying to catch up with some of the uh, the Oscar nominated movies. You know, I'm not going through this year and trying to see every single thing that was nominated, like I've done in the past. You're but, not? Um, no. Okay. But like the things I'm watching, you know, they're they're easily accessible. You know, it's a couple of the documentaries are on uh, HBO Max. Um, and like you know, like I saw that two of the shorts were on Hulu. Watch those. Um, <laughs> just they're there. Yeah, there, no, totally, <laughs> totally. I almost watched the my my year of dicks one, but it was like twenty five minutes. I was like, it is twenty five minutes to devote to this. I don't know. It's very <laughs> so. It's like it's five five minute little episodes, mm. and I was wondering because it's like it's FX, like that's who released it. Oh, really? And I was wondering <laughs> if it like played in episodes before something. I, I don't know it, but they're it is very episodic. Um, anyway, that one, you know, it's, it's cute. Yeah. It's silly. Um, I watched all that breeze, which is, uh, one of the feature length documentaries and it's on HBO max. And it is about, uh, two brothers who are working in, um, I believe it's Calcutta. I have notes for this one, but, um, a giant city in, in India to, uh, to nurse this very common bird uh, called a kite back to health. They are constantly uh, injured. A lot of kites just dead <laughs> all over the city. Um, but it's, it's a really interesting documentary because it is sort of the, the Frederick, Frederick Wiseman style. Like there are no, you know, just sit in front of the camera style interviews, no talking heads. Um, and, it's like so pretty beautiful. It just like does not present itself as a documentary. We are given just no information at all for a while. We're just following these, uh, these two brothers and their one employee. 
uh, just feels like a narrative. And I think that is a compliment. Uh, at some point it becomes more obvious that it's a documentary, but I, just, I really liked how um, there's no exposition. The audience is made to infer a great many things. And, um, you know, it does have sort of like a, a narrative thrust with a this kind of like nonprofit business they got going on, getting off the ground. And then one brother gets the opportunity to move to India. Uh, and the other one stays behind and there's some, some drama and stress there, but it's a, it's a really cool documentary. Again, How long is it? Gorgeous. That's like a hundred minutes. That's not too bad. It's, it's, I, call it a pretty normal. I don't know that I've seen any of the nominated docs, to be honest. You saw fire of love. Oh, that's sure. right. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's uh, the wrong, the wrong volcano documentary got nominated. That's too bad. But the, mm. it's the one you should have expected though. No, I definitely did. Um, yeah, that's probably the only one I. I mean, I don't know that I'll. I would watch uh, all the all the beauty and the bloodshed if it were available somewhere. Me too. Apparently, that one is going to be on uh, HBO Max, but I don't know when. I think it's um, it's like the week after the Oscars. <laughs> that's really fucking annoying. <laughs> I'm okay. pretty sure somebody posted about that on Facebook today. That's stupid. Yeah, I want to watch that one too. Uh, Navalny is not a great documentary, but it has one great scene in it and if you've read anything about navalny like that documentary you've probably heard yeah. what the scene is but yeah i'm good i uh i just don't have time to devote to these things you know the the race in documentaries okay no just the race for 2022 ended and i won and so i'm just over it you know it's like <laughs> you know you play catch up you're, you're you enjoy <laughs> it's uh it's not just it's not a race anymore no, it's it went not. from it went from being a race to being catch up and also Oscar motivated. Yeah, of course. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, and and, and I knew that was going to happen. I knew you were going to keep going, and I was going to stop because I just don't have the energy. I once once the year is over and I post my list, it was very hard for me to watch two Leslie and women talking. <laughs> and like the only reason I did is because of the Oscars. I was like, I don't need to watch these movies. I don't need to add them to the list, but you know, I know they're not going to be that good, but, um, oh, I didn't even see that you saw two Leslie, um, yeah. to Leslie. I watched it while I was in Houston. I guess I'm going to watch that. Well, you got, I mean, it's one of the act, acting I ones. I mean, you got to see that one. I haven't seen the whale either. Well, living. I, actually, I haven't seen living yet. I probably won't see that. So, I mean or, that's okay. Or uh, Living was Living Black Panther. So <laughs> Living has a screenplay uh, written by Kazuo Ishiguro. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on Ikiru. Yeah. So, so I probably will see. I'm 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 curious <clears throat> enough about those uh with those credentials that I'll mm. watch it eventually. I didn't love Ikiru when I saw it, so I don't. That doesn't do much for me. It's been too long for me to make a fair uh, judgment at this point. It's good. Of course, yeah. yeah. I'm sure it's me. I mean, you know, it's like I have a student who's like super into music and they were telling me, like, you listen to my bloody Valentine? And I was like, no, 
never really gotten into them. And uh, he's like, you should check out uh, Loveless. It's like really great. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, I know what, you know, I know which album to listen to by them. And then, and then, like somewhere, Jonathan's going. No, yeah, yeah, you know. So and Jonathan and I told him too. I was like, I have a friend who's like super obsessed with them, you know. And uh, and then I listened to Loveless just so I could, you know, just so I could tell him I listened to it. I listened to it, and it's like it's good. I'm like, it's a little like you know, it's repetitive. Like it's the same sound the entire record. It's like the same thing the entire. And I was like, I'm sure that I'm just not getting it. Like I'm sure there's something you know great about this that on repeat listens you get, but Do you it's feel my that way fault. about yeah. like most shoegaze shoegazy stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel that way about most art, like any art that I respect, but don't love is like, I always think it's me, you know, it's like, I just don't understand it or I'm not getting something out of it. It's not the right time in my life for me to be hearing it or listening to it or watching it or whatever it is, you know, Mm. it's like, like when we watched the mirror, uh, or mirror, uh, the the Tarkovsky Mm. film and I didn't love it. I was just like, well, I mean, there's no way tarkovsky's fucking up it's obviously me (laughs) so that's why i bought the blu-ray had to be done Uh, yeah it did kevin uh let's see so this time i am actually caught up on my homework um yeah so um yeah finally got around to watching three days of the condor um Okay, now I can uh, read my notes that were spoilers. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, how'd you feel about it? It was okay. I mean, I mean, you pretty much hit it on the head with, uh, you know, Mar- Marathon Man Light. Hmm. Um, and, like, I mean, you know, like, I, I wondered, like, the, the novel that it's based on is called Six Days of the Condor. Yeah. So I wonder if it's, like, tighten it if up they the just, movie. like... <laughs> Yeah, no one's got time for for that many days. Yeah, for real. Um, yeah, I mean it's not horrible, but it's it's just kind of like it's it's you know like um, it's just I've seen Marathon Man, like yeah. I've seen the quintessential like I've seen the best that seventies you know paranoid thrillers, paranoid thrillers yeah, can offer. Definitely, I um, agree. Do you, um, don't you feel like the this is this was my big note okay from the movie the movie it's chugging along it's doing all right there's that amazing scene with Sidal in the elevator like palpable anxiety like i was mm-hmm. just like oh my god like what's gonna happen and then uh and like the all the stuff with um faye dunaway i was i remember thinking like faye dunaway is actually really good like she's yeah. she's a good actress <laughs> I haven't seen a ton of stuff with her. And like, I was like, oh, she's actually, you know, and like Robert Redford too. I'm like, Robert Redford's doing a good job in this movie. Like I always thought of him as more of like a, like a um, Schwarzenegger type or something like a, uh, you know, like a, like a charisma guy, Harrison Ford, you know, like a charisma, not yeah, really yeah, a great yeah. actor necessarily, just a lot of screen presence, but he's actually doing a pretty good job. And then they fuck. Right. And then the whole movie just derails. Right. Cause it makes, zero sense why they would fuck right it makes zero sense that they would be into each other at all especially her being into him it's like a weird stockholm syndrome thing that just happens immediately like there's no explanation of it yeah and yeah you're right it happens like instantaneously yeah it's like you know literally out of nowhere it's like yeah we're in love now yeah it's gross dude it's really gross that whole thing that's what that's what really threw the whole thing off for me 
I hated that. <clears throat> um, also like the ending <laughs> where he, uh, Joe bear side character kills. What's his face. And then yeah. they like sort of walk out of the house and they're like hanging out and like talking friendly with each other. And I'm like, yeah, but this guy murdered all of your friends and your girlfriend. Like you, but your buddies with him now. <laughs> it's like suddenly everything that happened in the movie was forgotten, you know, and Joe bears a good guy. Cause he's not going to kill you. I mean, that makes more sense now, now that we've had, you know, nine uh, Fast and Furious movies where we kind of see that play out again and again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing, right, those nothing's more important than family. <laughs> hyper real. Yeah, Joe Bear would be in the sequel as, you know, the the brother of the brother character. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I thought, uh, like, yeah, Max von Sydow is, you know, hands down the best thing in this movie. Um, and yeah, like I liked, um, you know, like, like you can definitely tell that like Sidney Pollock, I mean, I don't know, maybe it's in the book, but Sidney Pollock definitely was watching Marathon Man with, uh, you know, like when you like, you know, Hey, I, uh, can somebody help me get into my car? I'll pay you five bucks, you know, to like bring the crowd out so he doesn't get shot. To be fair um, though, that, that might be, I mean, that might be from the book, you know, and that might be authors, be, yeah, yeah. author, parallel thinking as the, as like a comedian might say, you know, but mm. I mean, I agree that, that, that scene in particular was like, Oh wow. That's like really similar, you know? Yeah. And like, I I don't I don't know what it is about like this particular maybe because like I mean maybe in the 70s you know like more people you know there was like you know late late 70s early 80s there was like the you know gas you know oil crisis and mm-hmm. you know they were like where's the gas going to come from and I think like we have seen enough narratives around oil and you know like that kind of stuff to where like when it when it was when it's finally revealed that like oh you know it's just about uh you know he narrowly came across this plot involving oil fields and you know it's like okay uh yeah i don't even remember i don't even remember what the what it was yeah exactly like you know this this whole like it takes this whole movie to get up to this point about, you know, whatever, whatever, you know, big secret is, you know, he's stumbled onto with his report. And then it's like, oh. But even in the movie, like it becomes a small thing because, you know, then Jobert shows up, shoots the dude and, you know, everything is, you know, inside out and, you know, up is down, black is white. Uh, and, you know, um. Yeah. Also, so, I mean, it's, yeah, not, it's, just, you know, it's not a bad movie, but it's no, it's, it's not, not bad. It's passable, and I think it's fun, and it's like enjoyable to watch. It's very, it's mm. very entertaining, but it's like it's missing. It's like uh, it's I mean, it's it's obviously what it's it's obvious what it's missing when you compare it to Marathon Man. It's like mm. there's no the villain is not Lawrence Olivier. Like, <laughs> yeah. like Olivier as the villain in that movie is memorable. And the actor who's leading the thing is not on the the same caliber of actor as Dustin Hoffman. So it's and like the writing is stronger too. And like the cinematography mm. looks, the cinematography is very very nice in Three Days of the Condor. Don't get me wrong, like it looks nice, a good looking movie. Yeah, but it's but not like, Vilma Zygmunt. Yeah, and there's just amazing shots in Marathon Man that 
I mean, are just eerie and amazing and weird and cool. I don't know. I, I, yeah, it's just way more going on. Way, way better. Is yeah. that the only like seventies paranoia thriller that you guys like? I don't know. Is there that, another one? I, and I, I don't mean to ask that <laughs> sounding like a dick. You um, like one, I know. Well, I mean, I did, like I did, it's been a million years since I've seen all the president's men. Um, I've never seen all the president's men. Uh, yeah. What, I what always, are some others, Jr.? I always like that one. I, I feel like that one has the conversations great. Much less suspense. Yeah. I like the conversation more. Boys from Brazil was okay. Man. What about like uh, like Parallax View? I, I never saw Parallax View. I mean, I I should again, have because they made a big deal about it being on the Criterion Channel a while back, but I just never got around to it. There's like, one. How about um, Capricorn One? Yep. Capricorn um, One was dumb. I remember that being <laughs> really stupid. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and look, I don't mean to say that Marathon Man is not among the best. I am quite certain it is, but uh, I remember liking. Parallax View, and I remember liking Parallax View much more than uh, Three Days of the Condor. What about China Syndrome? Oh. Um, Jack Lemmon and like with oh, I, I like Douglas. that a lot. I've seen that a couple of times. I, I mean, Jack Lemmon is really is awesome in that. He rocks mm. in most stuff. So is Bridget, isn't that Fonda? Bridget Fonda? Yeah, in that? Jane Fonda. Bridget, Bridget Fonda <laughs> would have been like one. Yeah. <laughs> um there was another one uh winter kills that was it's based on uh richard condon novel the same guy who did manchurian candidate but it was pretty lame i gotta say how about um the domino principle have you guys seen this one Mm -mm. no it's got gene hackman and richard widmark Ooh, i'm into that i like widmark we're gonna get to him later A Vietnam veteran in prison for murder is offered his freedom if he accepts to undertake a contract killing for a shady organization. I'm in. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. Gene Hackman's got a lot of weird shit going on in the 70s. This is other movie I was looking at um, when I was doing my, you know, the whole 70s Western thing. There's a movie he was in called The Hunting Party with Candace Bergen. And um, who's that guy? (laughs) The guy in The Devils. What's his name? Reed? Yeah, Rich, Oliver. Uh, Oliver Reed. I, was, I almost said Richard Reed. <laughs> Oliver Reed. And it's like this, uh, it's like, that. it's like Oliver Reed, like, kidnaps Candace Bergen, who's the wife of, of Gene Hackman, and, like, Gene Hackman, like, has to, like, hunt him in the desert with a sniper rifle, but it's in the Old West. Sounds wow. Just, that sounds very intriguing. It sounds insane, Actually, though, right? It's just yeah. like, it's like, Gene Hackman, like, is in this? I don't know. Yeah. So strange. He's in a lot of weird shit back then. Mm. 1971. Okay. Yeah. I'm oh, Candace curious. Bergen is in this movie too. This Domino Principle. What he yeah. and Candace Bergen baiting or something? <laughs> I don't know. This is 77. Oh man. Anyway, sorry. Okay, <laughs> let's let's move on. Um, yeah. <laughs> I uh, I watched uh, Lawman, which is a, a 1971 western from Michael Winner, who went on to direct. Um, of course, Death Wish and the mechanic and Death Wish two and three and you know lots of uh yeah Charles Bronson Good movies. Shit. <laughs> Chato's <laughs> Land he directed also. It's a lot of Charles Bronson shit. But this one stars Burt Lancaster and Rob and Robert Ryan and um and Lee J. Cobb and Robert Duvall, but Robert Duvall's like barely in it. But it's about a uh, about a lawman 
obviously. Played by Burt Lancaster, who's comes into town. He's like a bounty hunter, and he comes into town to bust these guys who uh, got into like a drunken tizzy in a town one night, and they end up killing a guy. And uh, so he's there to like take him to court, you know, and he's like all by the book. And Robert Ryan is the sheriff who's who wants to be by the book, but he can't because Lee J. Cobb owns the town, you know, mm. the rancher. It's just your classic Western stereotypes and tropes. And this movie's <laughs> not very good. But the thing that I think like uh, sort of sets it apart from a lot of these other movies I watch is that it's like hyper violent when it gets violent. Like it's insane. Like, <laughs> like there's a character at the end who uh, like shoots himself in the head and they put a squib in like the, the collar of his shirt. So when he shoots himself under his chin, blood like sprays out <laughs> like a Kurosawa film. I mean, it's Damn. out of control. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very violent. So if you're into that, you know, definitely check it out. I will say, I know that uh, Kevin in particular, a huge Lancaster fan. Mm-hmm. And I, I will admit that there's like a thing, there's something about him. Like he has, again, he has that presence. But his, at least in this film, his delivery is so stilted and like he's so rigid. I don't know. I can't, I can't get into it on this I mean, one. I mean, I will, I will say, I get it. Like, I know, like, he won the, he won the Oscar for um, Elmer Gantry, mm. and when I watched, when I watched it, I was like, this is what you give him the Oscar for. <laughs> that has like, to be like up there, <laughs> up there for like the dumbest like consolation prizes for ever. sure. For when was Elmer Gantry? When did that come out? At, like the late fifties. That's weird because I mean that's not like like this like I was gonna say there's a you could almost write this off as like well he's older it's seventy one mm. like he's an old guy he's in his fifties or whatever but nineteen sixty oh okay well I don't know you know yeah. I mean I don't, and I don't so know it's it's too early for that to be a consolation prize that's just a, a really shitty win <laughs> what should yeah. he have won okay. for the swimmer I mean, I don't know. well I mean that would have been great but the sw- the swimmer I would have believed more but um. Yeah, like, um, like I think he should have won for like best supporting actor for local hero, but, um, but yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that make fun too. Hell, I mean, Seven Days in May, uh, Sweet Smell of Success for sure. Um, I'm not as yeah. well versed in his like I've not I th- I've only seen seven of his films, which I guess seems like a lot, but it's really not. Yeah, and uh, I mean, one of those is. Lost Soul, the the doomed journey of Richard Stanley's Island of Doctor Moreau, <laughs> so <laughs> which he's in for some reason I don't know, <laughs> but uh, well he played Moreau in a seventies version. Oh, okay, that makes sense. That had like um, what's his name? Michael York. Well, uh, that makes total sense why he would be in that in uh, footage, you know, from that movie. Yeah, but um, but yeah, I mean, you know. Like, I I think like I like him big, in Lozano's raid when we t- when we watched Lozano's raid. He's good in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, like, good. I, I think part of part of it is you know just kind of you know the time that he you know came up in. Mm. Like you know there's there's like good you know decent movies that you can put good performances in, 
But then there's also like, well, you know, you're under contract, so you kind of got to do a movie. But like, um, but yeah, like Sweet Smell of Success. Um, I have uh, the train that he's in with Paul Schofield, and it's a Frankenheimer movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to watch that soon. Uh, Brute Force is really good. Seven just days in May. Um, give him give him some more shots. That's all. Yeah, yeah, and um, uh, the Devil's Disciple is really good. Like it's um, it's based it's based on a play. Like it takes play takes place during the Revolutionary War, and it's like him, Kirk Douglas, and um, Lawrence Olivier, and it's directed by Guy Hamilton, I think, the guy who did like Doctor No. Few bonds, yeah. Yeah, um, and that one is just so good. All yeah, right, Guy Hamilton. Yeah. Um. Fuck. Sorry, uh, Jr. Yeah. Um. I guess I'll I'll mention uh, that I watched uh, the Sea Beast on Netflix, which is an animated movie that came out last year and um it's like super cute and fun and um takes a huge swing with its message at the end of the movie that it does not quite nail but i think uh this would be a great one to watch with kids and uh you know it's like legitimately exciting at points so that's cool uh and i was kind of surprised that kevin has not seen this yet netflix yeah I think the I think the boys like maybe started to watch this and they got bored. <laughs> There's giant fucking sea monsters all over the place. Um, I mean, but you know, maybe they don't like sea monsters. Probably, probably scare my kid. I don't know. They they watched uh, Into the Spider Verse when they were like two and a half, so it you know they they're kind of spoiled as far as action goes. All right. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, it's you know it's there and it's fine and uh, and then I guess the only other thing I really have to talk about is uh is women talking which uh, is a movie that is nominated for best picture that uh, I didn't like and why I didn't like it is is really complicated and, and sometimes stupid I mean that's not true I I just I like my brain was going like way into the weeds with what was going on in women talking. Um, and, you know, curious, John, what you thought, since you also seem to, to not like it very much. Yeah, I hate it. I think I, I, I wish my rating were lower, actually. I, I, it's been too long now, but I, I would, I like rethink, like thinking about it more, like I would have gone lower, uh, because I actually find it's, it's central message is so confused, uh, that, uh, it, it, it like borders on offensive to me and like, and it's, it's extremely written. Like it's really written. Like nobody speaks. This yes. Way. Well, it, the, <laughs> one of my huge things about it was like, they basically like present that title card at the beginning. It was like, this is a work of female imagination, mm. um, which is almost like a, like it gives it a pass for, why these uneducated women in this colony who like literally cannot read would be speaking like 
like doctorate level like stuff about <laughs> yeah. like just like therapy and trauma and all this stuff like they just they would not have this vocabulary and it was that was something like a get past again like this is a work of female imagination okay we've put these women in um like an awful situation and but then that part is like if if this is just like this sort of ungrounded intellectual exercise why have we put the women in a situation where there's like not really any ambiguity to it, to like what they should do at all. Um, and I had a problem with that, but then also in the second half of the movie, it, it, it's not just an intellectual exercise. It's not just like this essay film, uh, this essay narrative. It also like really tries to make you care about like the action that is happening. Um, and I was really annoyed with that because the, the ending and just like trying to have some suspense with how uh, these women do what they do is just like, it comes off as like ridiculous. Like this hasn't been about action. It's been about discussion and you're sort of switching up what it is. And that just did not work for me. It's like, I need you to like choose a lane for this. And, um, and yeah, I, the sort of like central message being confused was almost like, they just really wanted to make sure that there were these multiple viewpoints uh, in the colony. And I, some of the viewpoints just like never even made sense and are not fleshed out. Like I, what it's never clear what Claire Foy wants. Mm-hmm. Like she wants to stay and fight and it's just never clear what that looks like. She doesn't want to leave. Uh, and then like she, her character is all fucked up. Uh, like, I'm pretty sure her character ends with, like, drugging her own son to, like, force him to go with women. Spoiler alert. Which is bizarre. There's uh, a weird moment I, with, the, with the gun, too, at the end. Yeah. It's just, like, out of nowhere. It's just like, why why do we need this? It, oh, no. Ben Wishaw's character makes no sense. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, he's been exiled from the community, like, his family was. Why, why did he come back? Like, he's right. educated and he's, like, worldly, but he's come back. And it's He's never come back, clear why. And he and, Just and there's he never a discussion Rudy of him Mara? going. There's never a discussion of him going with them. Like why wouldn't he go with them? He's uh, gonna stay and educate these boys. But it's like you're gonna stay in the no, system that's fucked up. Himself. Yeah, it's just like you're gonna stay in the system that's fucked up. And what are you gonna do about it? Like nothing. Like what are we talking? Like why would you stay and they all leave? It makes no sense at all. And right, but my, so like, when I when I say yeah. the message is confused, also a lot of that for me was. From the standpoint of these people being religious and they're like, they're in, I mean, they're essentially, I mean, they're like Mennonites, you know? And, uh, yeah. I mean, I think the original, the, the, the true story that this is based on was a Mennonite community. And, um, it's like they're <laughs> the, the problem is that they're being attacked, right. By these men, uh, vi- violently raped and drugged and, and, yeah. raped. and then, and like to the point where they're bleeding every, like all these women are like, there's like lots of shots of these women bleeding all over their beds. Yeah. And then they're talking about whether or not they should go or stay, right? So it's like the classic, um, like, should we forgive these men? You know, like, God insists we forgive them. But it's like, you're missing the, like, no, you should not forgive them, obviously. And 
you're missing the 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 bigger picture here, which is you shouldn't be forgiving God either. Like how how are you how are you how does that not ever come up? It's like we don't yeah. there can't ever be any blame on God. God's not doing this. God's not responsible for these men coming into our. I mean, it's like the whole reason that this is happening is because you're in this religious community where the men are dominated and have power and have told you that's you know that if you if you do anything about it that you know you're going to go to hell if you don't forgive us you're going to go to hell i mean it's like that's the enemy the the religious indoctrination is the enemy yeah i mean I there's, no, there's no as... investigation about that at all in this film which is which is maddening to me because i just like that's the whole time I'm watching I'm like w- these women are fucking dumb and it's like <laughs> It's like you know, I, mean, I mean they're dumb because they're you know not be, not not they're not they're like they're unintelligent because they can't read or write but because they're just like they're not you're, you're not focusing on the right thing here. But that it well I don't find it I don't find that quite as maddening as you do but I do think you know if anyone's gonna argue like well they're just like they've been raised to be religious so they're going to like that's never gonna come into question well it's like well they've also been raised not to read and they don't know what trauma is or therapy but they're they're talking yeah. about all those things. Well, I mean, I'm saying they're going to leave and start a new colony, and the exact same shit's going to happen because they're what? What could possibly change? There's still going to be a religious cult where they believe that w- that women are submissive to men because that's that's what's in their you know they're in their yeah. doctrine. That's what's in the book that they're studying. You know, I mean, yeah. I, and which I, they can't even study. Uh, so I don't know. It's just like it doesn't make. It doesn't seem like they're accomplishing anything at the end by leaving. Well, it definitely seems like they are. Um, I mean, I know that metaphorically they independence. are. Right, sure. There's like a but, metaphor there about women in, being empowered, yeah. and I get that. But like beyond that, pretty simple on the nose metaphor. Like for these actual characters, I feel like they're doing absolutely nothing. And this is a nitpick, but Frances McDormand, why is she in this movie? Like <laughs> she, she produce it and i think oh did she okay. to take uh right. yeah so like she's nominated for an oscar for best picture um i i, I gotta be nominated this year somehow <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean I, it's i agree with your problems i think i'm less fiery about your main one but the uh yeah i mean there's just, once you're kind of like i don't know once i was taken out of it which is pretty early i was just like all right it's also like it's really a not pretty movie and i understand thematically why you want it to look this way but i I just you're also like when you go into the field you're doing like terrence malick shots but you still got this like weird color stuff happening it's like that's not a great combination and then there's also the whole subplot with uh with the the non-binary transitioning character um which is like that's I, not know. bad on its own. That's good uh, without any context. But making the whole like making the acceptance of of their you know new name like this whole thing with mm. these again women who have been trained to th- like they only think in terms of like gender binaries and they only think in terms of these very specific gender roles, but they're very. Um, accepting and accommodating of this person who has like thrown away those gender roles. And that's just really like, that just seems insincere. Um, like I feel like there could be a whole movie about uh, a person in the Mennonite community trying to transition, trying to get rid of these gender roles. And like that, that 
No, definitely. Again, that I mean, being that's, a character study. But, that is like, but that's, the way it happens is... Ugh. That's the big problem with that is that it's 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 a it's a like B or C storyline. It's like it's something that's not focused on at all. It just happens that to be that there's this character who is trans and then, you know, there's a moment when they're referred to by their name and that's supposed to be this kind of triumphant catharsis yeah. or something. Which, which you <laughs> won't talk or they, sorry, they won't talk. Right. But then they say the right name and uh you're like, Thank you for saying my name. Which is like it reminds me of a it's like uh it's like in um Chasing Amy. Where, where Melvin. They, huh? Sorry, Melvin. That's the character's name. Right, Melvin. It's like in Chasing Amy, where where Silent Bob starts to talk, and then Jay says uh, he likes to do this shit. He starts talking because he he stays silent all the time because he thinks when he talks it'll have bigger meaning, like more impact or whatever. <laughs> it's like that. You know, it's it's as simple as that. It's like I agree. It's like if you had focused an entire film on Melvin's character, you know, then you'd have you know, something interesting going on, but it's like, if you're not going to spend time with it, then just why have it, why have them in the movie at all? Yeah. And they also like, they make a point of, you know, giving one sentence, devoting one sentence to the fact that, uh, Melvin was always kind of like, not, um, very female, but then we get like a flashback of Melvin sort of reacting, um, after, after they've been raped, which just kind of like leaves you with this, this feeling that, okay, well, so now Melvin is like transitioning because of this trauma, which I don't, I like, that's not a good message at all. Um, Cause that's like, it's not about like you facing trauma. It's just like, you are not like, you're not who you are. Right. It's like you have to transition because you have to, not because like this bad thing happened to you. So yeah, not, not great. It just didn't work didn't work for me on any level but uh and also i like the whole just as far as i mean we should stop talking about this, but just as far as the look <laughs> like i was like why don't they why don't you shoot the thing in black and white like why go so desaturated that you're almost black and white just go black I and white know. i don't know and then maybe like if you want to do something conceptual like when they escape colorize hey it's you know it's like it's like suddenly we escape and there's color in our world or something you know it's, it's, if you're going to do some kind of conceptual thing with the color coding like i don't know it just seems like why make your movie look like shit the um I, yeah this is this is one where i'm i'm like i'm mystified by why people like it and a lot of people like a lot of critics that i read like this movie it's clearly got some you know industry acceptance um it got, you know, by getting this best picture nomination. And I just, I, I straight up don't get it. And, um, I really like Sarah Polly's previous movies and I, I'm just like kind of bummed out by this one. That's too bad. Kevin. Uh, let's see. Um, do you, either of y'all have anything else to talk about? Cause, uh, I mean, I'm I got done. two more. Two, I got two more actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, see. guys. Uh, no worries. Uh, I watched. Uh, let's. See. I'll talk about these. I watched um a couple of uh, Daniel Radcliffe movies. Uh, what if a uh, romantic comedy? Oh, I've seen that. Which yeah, that was it was pretty good. Adam um, Driver's in it. Yeah, like yeah. like I I had I had no idea about anything about this movie. I just. I know there. I knew that there was a scene where Adam Driver pulls nachos out of the oven. He goes, "I just had sex and I'm about to eat nachos. Oh, it's yeah. the greatest day of my life." 
<laughs> he's got the whole that's like so that's like a really early like girls era role for him and he's mm. so just his character from girls in that movie <laughs> like yeah, there's nothing else to it you know they, they clearly right. like hired him we're like just just be adam from girls <laughs> right <laughs> yeah and uh and then uh i we rewatched uh the woman in black which is a ghost story um and like um it was going along fine it was you know decent enough like i mean jump scares like every two seconds but you know whatever i mean um and uh kiaran hines is in it and he's fantastic um but then we get to the ending which spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it um so like the whole the whole like premise of the movie is this woman sometime back in time had been declared mentally unfit by her sister and his, and uh her brother-in-law so they took away her kid that kid ended up drowning in a marsh so the men- the quote unquote mentally unfit one hangs herself and then comes back as this um ghost that makes all these children kill themselves so right right away we're into much much darker territory than i remembered from the first time that i watched it so it's like okay you know all right whatever um so then we get along we get we get along towards the end and um like one one of the like um tensions of the movie is Daniel Radcliffe's little son is on the way with his nanny, so they got to, you know, do this before um, the kid gets there because he obviously doesn't want to, you know, he's already lost his his wife, so he doesn't want to lose his son. So they meet at the train station. The ghost shows up, even though, you know, we thought everything had been taken care of. Daniel Radcliffe and his son both get run over by a train. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and they're greeted by the dead wife. And then, you know, they they walk off into the mist. So I I I just had to call bullshit on this because like, oh, so you're telling me that just. Oh, you know, it's fine that. This ghost is going to go on killing more children. And it's we're supposed to accept that it's fine because Daniel Radcliffe and his son have been reunited with his dead wife. Well, apparently when they get killed, they get to be reunited with their loved ones. So it's a good thing. (laughs) I I guess. (laughs) But, yeah, I was I was not happy about it. I still am not happy about it. This guy's losing sleep over here about this. Oh, I I was saltier than a bag of nuts. <laughs> That's not a great analogy. <laughs> all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, I'll just burn through my last two very quickly mm-hmm. so we can get to our review, which I didn't even say what it was at the beginning of the show, Kevin. Oh, shit. Sorry. So stay <laughs> tuned to see what it is. Yeah. <laughs> oh, real quick. Uh, yeah. Was I the only one who was going to watch uh, Le Boucher? Um, let's go with that. 
<laughs> oh, I see. I was no, I, I won. Picture. No, I was supposed to watch it, and I did mm. not. I have uh, seen it before. Mm. Uh, well, we'll lean talk about on that. It, but I. <laughs> sorry. Um, sorry, guys. That's okay. I uh, I watched To Leslie because Andrew Riseborough was nominated for an Oscar, and it was a big controversy. And I really like Andrew Riseborough. Uh, and this movie is fine. She's very good in it. Uh, nothing. I mean, you know, it's not like a, it's not a mind blower. You've seen it all before. His alcoholic mother, uh, who is, uh, yeah, it's a movie about addiction. She takes advantage of everybody she knows in order to drink. Uh, and, uh, some, some, I will say one good performance besides Rasboros, which is her the guy who plays her son Owen Teague, who apparently was in the It movies. Mm-hmm. Um, he's quite good in this. He's not in it a ton, but at the beginning of the film, he's like a sort of main player. And then she moves on from him and like meets Mark Marin, who is not an actor and uh, is like <laughs> not. I mean, it's just, it's a little embarrassing to know. like. I'm sorry, it's a little embarrassing to watch him like with her because they're just like obviously operating on like completely different levels of skill. And, uh, it's, it's just not working for me at all. And I know there's a lot of, I know Mark Maron is beloved by the, uh, by the masses, but I, 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 you know, his podcast is fun. Sometimes he is not a good actor. I'm sorry. Um, I mean, it's, again, he's just, he's not an actor. He's a stand-up comic who has offered roles, but, um, he was, he was good in the season of glow that I watched. Sure. That's great. Uh, yeah, and I liked his episode <laughs> of reservation dogs. No, I mean, I'm sure, oh, yeah. I'm sure that given the right material, he could do something. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, well, yeah, his uh, comedy material. Sure. He is sort of, the, he is sort of the comedic, linchpin of this film like he's mm. not particularly funny but he has a sort of acerbic you know his sort of his his wit his brand of humor that he injects into this character but it's just not uh it sort of takes the film in a different direction that i didn't enjoy a ton and uh takes away from her sort of you know dark angry performance which i was really enjoying and uh anyway you know, so that's too Leslie. Nothing to write home about. You'll forget it immediately once you get done watching it. Allison Janney Perfect. is in this. Like I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not on the Allison Janney train either. I don't get it. Like I mean, mm. I mean, I, I get it. That's not true. I totally get it. But it's like, I don't know. She's just not exciting to me. Like I can't take her seriously. Mm. And then um, finally, I watched uh, yet another 19 early 70s western. <laughs> <laughs> Actually watch this one tonight before the podcast. It's called Doc. And speaking of the swimmer, it's directed mm. by Frank Perry, who directed the swimmer. Um, and it's a, a revisionist western about the lives of Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. And Doc Holliday is played by Stacy Keach, Ooh. and Wyatt Earp is played by Harris Eulen, who I don't know if you guys know who that is, but he's uh, he's uh, the guy who gets shot in the stomach and then in the face in Scarface. You remember that one where he mm. shoots him and he's like, fuck you. And then he shoots him again and <laughs> he falls over anyway. Uh, also Faye Dunaway is in this as a uh, Katie elder. If you can believe it, her name is Katie elder in this. It's a little strange, right? 
but she's apparently based on a real person who was, but all, I think the only thing they know about her is that her name was Kate and she, <laughs> uh, was Doc Holliday's like, you know, love like, uh, sure. And, mm. and Rada or whatever. Anyways, this movie was pretty solid. Actually. It was like, uh, it is like a pretty, like it says in the plot description that it's an attempt to accurately portray the lives and persons of Doc Holliday and Wyatt Earp. Uh, okay. We're now legendary, and it sort Skeptical. of is. It is sort of like, I mean, it's sort of like a. I won't say it's realistic because I don't know what Wyatt Earp and Doc Holliday were like in real life. I don't know what research the screenwriter did for this, but I'll tell you that you've never seen either of these characters portrayed this way in a film Oof. at all. Um, Wyatt Earp is quite like sinister, and also sort of like weak. <laughs> like he's mm. like a. It's almost like a. Um, He's almost like a like a villain in this film. Like he's not the bad guy, but he's like some of the decisions he makes is like it's not what you would expect them to make Wyatt Earp do in a movie, you know. Mm. And he also gets the shit kicked out of him at one point by uh by Ike Clanton, which is like <laughs> so you're watching like Tombstone, and you're like, can you imagine Ike Clanton kicking the shit out of Wyatt Earp? It's weird, you know. But um, and then uh, Stacy Keach has this amazing scene uh about 15 minutes before the end where he like breaks down emotionally to Wyatt Earp and like talks about how he doesn't want to like live the life he's living anymore. And he's tired of killing. And he says, he says, uh, he says, I'm tired of seeing young men. He says, I'm sorry. Seeing kids kill old men for bullshit reasons. Ooh. I and like that's a, that. it's a good line. And, he, and, then, and then tears start rolling down his eyes and shit. And I was like, man, Stacy Keach is killing it. Yeah. It's pretty good. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend it if uh, if you have the means. It's a very like enjoyable, uh, interesting western. Forgotten, obviously, like all of these westerns mm. I've been talking. About. But um, nice. It's I got. I mean, this is like the death rattle of the western, right? Like the the seventies. I mean, it's pretty much like. Yeah, I mean they they kind of moved into that that acid. Um, yeah, right. Territory right. in the seventies and stopped being they feel like more countercultural that, that that's definitely true but i mean like also like just as far as success like they just stop making them like they peter out right i mean there's like a period mm. like from the 80s to like the mid 2000 teens where they're just sort yeah. of like gone i mean as a as a form yeah right. i mean i guess i guess right. like you have like you know couple of like blips here and there sure i mean you have like, like tombstone uh, in 95 you know, and and you know like and uh, unforgiven and sure Right, which is like a big I mean that's a big one, but that's yeah, that's that's Silverado, even Silverado, which is even, not good. Even like Unforgiven, which is you know, undeniably a huge success and won the Academy Award and everything. But it's it's commenting on the form, right? It's not like a it's not as if Westerns are popular. It's like it's mm. about how Westerns are dead, you know? <laughs> it's like it's about the it's like the last it's I mean it's Eastwood's last Western, it's like about the end of the the era. So but anyway, yeah, I, mm. Doc is great. Check out Doc. Cool. Um, anything else you want to talk about uh, the butcher? Sure. That you watched for your homework? Yeah, that you know I, the homework that I did. Yeah, you know? nice. It's, I mean, yeah. it's isn't it fun <laughs> that when you do the homework and then the other guy doesn't do it? <laughs> yeah, you know I get you know you get to to dish out what I. <laughs> You know I do. I'm usually the one serving it. Usually, I think when, because yeah. I'm usually the one watching and Kevin misses. And <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it's all good though. 
How okay. was the butcher? Who's this by again? This is uh, uh Claude Chabrol. Claude Chabrol, right? Okay. Yeah. So, so it's about this um this school teacher in this little town in France, and she meets this butcher at a wedding, and they start to become pals. And at the same time, there's uh, some brutal killings going on around the town. And, you know, so, like, their relationship is developing as uh, this, you know, this, these murders are going on. And then things start to get a little weird. So, um do you have any interest in seeing this, John? So I don't. I mean, I, I mean, I have a passing interest. I will never see it, probably, but sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not opposed uh, to seeing it. It's just not something that's really on my ra- like Chabrol in general. It's not something that's on my radar. But yeah, I mean, uh, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, long story short, turns out it's the butcher who's been doing the butchering. Oh. Um. And. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's it's like it's like a Scooby Doo episode. You know, there's like <laughs> there's two there's two characters besides the gang, so it's got to be one of them. Um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, um, I enjoyed the movie. I didn't think it was amazing, but um, you know, it was at least worth watching. I think like um, like there's a whole lot made of like. Um, the butchers, like he talks like through most of the movie about his time in the army. And so I think like, you know, we're, it's probably more kind of post, um, like it's made in the seventies. So it's probably more like post like Vietnam, um, which like, you know, people tend to forget like, uh, like the, the French had a huge hand in Vietnam, you know? Um, of course. Yeah, so, you know, so I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, you know, what what they're kind of getting at with with his character. But, um, I mean, you know, it's yeah, it's there's a there's a little bit of suspense because, you know, there's some lighters, some cigarette lighters that are given as presents and then found in strange places. Um, But like you kind of you kind of just know, like pretty soon, you know who it is um and yeah like um the end the ending is pretty good um like you know even even after all this dude has done like this woman can still have you know some sympathy for like this dude's obviously suffering from like really bad ptsd and like you know that's not something that was addressed at least at the time and, you know, s- still kind of, you know, vague even today. So, um, yeah, it's 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 a movie that's got interesting ideas. Just, just the execution. Just I mean, I gave it a three. So it wasn't, you know, something that I was super into, but it's worth watching. I remember checking this out from the library in high school and getting like 20 minutes into it and being bored out of my fucking mind. <laughs> Uh, and then, and then much, much later, I, uh, a few years ago, I, I did like, I did like a, not a deep dive, but I basically spent two weeks only watching, uh, Claude Chabral movies for a reason I honestly don't remember. Um, and, uh, liked this one 
a great deal. So, you know, maybe you have the mind of a 17-year-old, Kevin. I'm just kidding. You you watched it and you gave it a chance. Uh, my 17-year-old brain was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever seen. Mm. All right. Uh, let's move on to our deep dive, which is my pick, Bad Boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna... This is not the Will Smith, Michael Bay movie from the 90s. This is the original Bad Boys, 1983, directed by Rick Rosenthal and starring an incredibly young Sean Penn and... uh, An incredibly young lot of people. Yeah. You got uh, got Poppy in here from Seinfeld. You got Mm -hmm. uh, Clancy Brown. You got uh, Isai Morales. You got Alan Ruck. You got Ali Sheedy. In her yeah. first role, apparently. So, yeah, like pre brat pack for everybody. Oh yeah, this is bad boys. Uh, and it's about a uh, a young man who lives in Chicago, the mean streets of Chicago, and he his his mom just is like absentee. You know, she's fucking some guy in the bathroom all the time. And uh, I have a friend out there. <laughs> right <laughs> turn and, your uh, music down <laughs> so yeah and he just turns it up man because he doesn't give a fuck he wants to listen mm-hmm. to uh whoever that is. is that the stroke me stroke me guy he's listening to uh, billy uh, squire <laughs> <laughs> anyways <laughs> he's listening to just the hippest uh 80s rock music that a mm. teenager would definitely be listening to at that time and um anyways he gets involved in some criminal activity and it sends him to prison does he yeah, he actually kills a kid, and it's the mm. kid uh, brother of his rival at high school, and they both get sent <laughs> his, in his jail. High crime rival. <laughs> yeah, his yeah. crime rival. Well, they are. There is a weird sort of. I have a note about this too. There's like a weird element of like the crime in Chicago is controlled by children, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which is like like even the guy he goes to buy his gun from is like a 13 year old kid for some reason, and I was like, this is a little strange yeah. because like you'd think there'd be some adult who's running the show at, you know, cause it's like the black gang. They seem to have adults in their gang, mm. but all the other gangs are like, you know, 16, 17 year olds. But the black gang exists basically just to get shot. Sure. We don't, yeah. They don't, they don't have a, well, I guess they just don't have a high schooler uh, that we can uh, relate to. Right. Um, Sam Morales. Exactly. So anyways, uh, I've seen this movie probably half a dozen times. I used to watch this a lot. My dad turned me onto this a while ago when I was like in my early twenties, probably. And so I've watched this a ton. Uh, (laughs) my dad was the, my dad is the gateway to cinema for me. I mean, I'm, I watch movies now because of him. Like he, he showed me full metal jacket. He showed me Goodfellas. He showed me all of the, you know, like these, these big things that I, like these directors who I respect who he doesn't even know anything about that. He just likes the movies, you know, they're fun and entertaining. Mm. It took, it took a deep, I took a deeper dive with all of it, you know, but yeah, he, he, he pointed me towards this one and I was into it. Uh, what'd you guys think of bad boys? It was intense. (laughs) (laughs) Like I, you know, I very much was not, not expecting like, you know, when he like, you know, gets, Gets the coke out of the machine, and then, like, next thing you know, like, he's got a whole bag of them, and he's just wailing on dudes. It's a great yeah. scene. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> That's actually, can I tell you, 
that's literally the first thing my dad ever told me about the movie was that scene. <laughs> wow. He just like told me that entire scene. He's like, he goes to the Coke machine. And he just keeps putting quarters in. He just keeps getting Cokes out of the car. <laughs> it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, um, this movie, um, uh, was just like another one that was like really confusing to me. Cause I went in, I'd, I'd never seen it of course. And, mm. I saw that it's on like this this very long list. It's like a the they shoot pictures, don't they? List of a oh. thousand war, noir movies, noir. and I was like, ooh, so this is gonna be like a intense noir movie. And mm-hmm. then like the opening credits, we've kind of got like this like neo noir mm-hmm. like jam going on, and then mm. it's not a noir movie at all. It's like, I mean, it's, it's dark. It's like a prison exploitation a prison movie. Film. Yeah, it's a prison movie, one hundred percent. And it's a prison movie that really, I think, like delights in the violence of prison violence. Sure. Uh, Just say everything that that can happen there. Uh, And that's, that's okay. My, my expectations were just uh, in like a very different place. Not, not about quality, just about what kind of movie I was getting into. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was, that was sort of, that was just fascinating uh, for my brain. Um, this is a movie that had uh, really cool scenes, a lot of things that I liked, and then some things that I thought were were really just like truly awful and stupid and bad. Um, and you know, a lot of the bad things have to do with uh, Ali Sheedy's character and what happens with her, and um, and just kind of, I'm a little confused by the uh, the arc of. Um, of Sean Penn's protagonist here and uh, how invested I'm supposed to be in him as a person. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, the, the idea of, um, for instance, like what does, what, like normally a character learns something and changes, right? And it's like, it's not clear at all what change has occurred in Mick O'Brien well, throughout did, the course. He course doesn't this. kill. Yeah, he doesn't murder the guy. He learns that killing like, is bad. But he's, it's like he never he never killed anybody on purpose. So it's not like he was a killer. You know, mm. like, it's not like he's always felt bad about he felt bad about killing the kid uh, that he killed. I mean, yeah, I mean, he he brought a gun to shoot people to uh, to that sort of drug heist. He thing. told Alan Ruck, you're not even going to need to use that thing, man. We're yeah. In and out so quick. And he yeah. Went, like that. They I both that. When, I, when he when he when he claps like that, I was so good. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, yeah, I mean that that's like my last my last like note was so Mick has grown because he doesn't stab and kill Pablo. And uh did <laughs> Ali Shee's character Pablo? Paco. Paco what oh, Jesus Christ. Sorry, my Pablo. I have a student named Pablo. That's okay. Um, Man. Sorry. Uh, so they were did, real creative with these names, Mick yeah. O'Brien. Yeah, Mick Paco O'Brien Moreno. is a little bit of a. Uh, it's uh, weird too because they call his name's O'Brien, and then when he introduces himself to Barry, he's like a Mick, and it's like his name is Mick though. It's yeah. like like that. That line confused me for a second. I was like, oh, mm, I see what we did. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's like did yeah, Barry Ali Horowitz? <laughs> did Ali Sheedy's character need to be? violently raped for Mick to grow and realize that killing someone else is bad. Cause I, I, I feel like that's, that's why Ali Sheedy was attacked. Like this is, this is like a classic 
like I fridging would, yeah to me like this mm. this is really just there so that um well it's there so we have a reason for Paco to go to juvie Paco could have joined a juvie for fucking anything he's right. he's like awful mm. he's constantly committing crimes um I will say that uh, I go further than that. I agree the 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 rape is completely unnecessary. I go further than that though and say there is literally I don't I could you can't point to the thing that changes Mick's mind about killing him. Like what how how does the rape change his yeah. mind about killing him? If anything, that would make no. him want to kill him more. Right. It's like, it, but that, that's the thing. Like he had to get like so mad to like realize that like he can't do this or something. But then also mm. it's like, actually he's, he's really just motivated by wanting to get out early. <laughs> right. He's just like, like I, I didn't, I didn't kill yeah, him because I, I don't want more time on my sentence. Which is also insane too. Cause it's like, how did he not get more time on a sentence for beating the shit out of those two guys or yeah. for beating the shit out of Paco? Like there, are they, I, there's no rules in this. Dude, prison. I don't, I don't understand the point system <laughs> Me at all. No. And like multiple times, we're we're told about the points. Yeah, I know the points are a joke. At one point, where it's like this many points for smoking, and then Chavez uh, no looks around, everyone's smoking. That was yeah, a good bit. yeah, literally everyone is smoking. And it's like, like a. Good bit. It's like a demerit system, I would imagine. Like, so it's like at the end of the mm. week or something. You, if you have too many points, you go so to the hole or something. Is is like mm. Wagner some kind of like? So like Wagner, who we initially meet as like the guy watching them, uh, he doesn't seem to have any other job. Like he doesn't teach them. Is He's that not Poppy? doing like the the therapy no. Who's or whatever. Wagner? I think that's the dude. That's the dude with the brown hair and the mustache, right? Yeah, he's the guy who starts punching Horowitz when they escape. He's like really. Like, oh like, right! Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he's just like that other guy that works there. Okay, got it. Mm. Um, but like, it, but Wagner, like you see Wagner kind of like looking at things and not reacting, not doing anything about things that we would consider, you know, bad, um, of course. And I do wonder that, like, you know, does he? He's like this. Maybe him being the shit out of those two guys is okay because, like, okay these other two guys were clearly also like bad people. And now this is going to be like the new, the new henchman or something. I don't fucking know. That's I don't what I mean it. though too. It's I don't like, understand yeah, like he, so he gets the, he, so I, we should explain a little bit while it's going Clancy oh, yeah. Brown uh, plays a character named Viking and mm. he, and this other fellow named Tweedy are the, uh, like the, the two, uh, what do they call them? Uh, uh, the guys oh, who are running, they're running the show, but they're like they're the barn something barn boss, right? That's it. Barn yes. boss. So they, they, they assign all the job duties and so forth. And they're in charge of everything uh, on the inmate which, level. Sorry. Which is ridiculous. Of course. Like, but, but yeah. then some, somehow Sean Penn, uh, you know, they're going to come and assault him somehow. So he decides to take a, a pillowcase full of soda cans and beat the shit out of them, which is, is awesome and a completely appropriate reaction. And, mm-hmm. uh, so because of that, he gets to be barn boss now. Like who made that decision? And well, he's he, also like, I mean, that's like every, like, that's like the biggest, like s- prison stereotype. First day you find the biggest, meanest, ugliest guy and you beat right. the shit out of him. But that's to scare the other inmates. I'm saying who's giving him power in the prison. It's like, are the other inmates the ones deciding that? Or I are they I mean, like, I, Barry just guess. tells I mean, him this Because this at the, at the beginning, Viking and Tweedy are taking role of everybody and they say, they're talking, they're, Mr. Daniels, all accounted for Mr. Daniels. Like they're, like they're, mm. you know, yeah. working for him. So yeah. It's like, he must assign that, right? I don't know. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 
Well, um, like it, it has to be someone who has respect in the. Sure, I mean that makes sense that in you the dorm has respect, but but it yeah, and we we of course never see Sean Penn doing any of sort of any of that kind of stuff. We see him handing out jobs, but we mm. don't see him reporting to uh right to the adults, and <laughs> it is so again like this happens at a point where I'm still trying to figure out what this movie is and. It was really fascinating for this this guy who doesn't want to be there and this kid who like is really anti-authority to just instantly happily become like a cog in the machine. <laughs> He's just going to like, oh, I get, f- get free cigarettes and time off my sentence. Fuck yeah, dude, let's do it. And that yeah. was that was bizarre because there's this is a movie that that has real opportunity for uh, social commentary and almost at every point it's like nah that's <laughs> and that's and that's again that's not okay. what this movie is it yeah. doesn't yeah. have to be that movie well it's funny like uh like rick rosenthal apparently was like yeah this is nice because it doesn't beat you over the head with the message <laughs> i i would say i'd go further there, there is, is no a, message yeah, there is you know? yeah it's just yeah, it's an yeah. explication film you know and there's uh i don't i don't yeah, i don't feel like uh <laughs> yeah because like I mean, um, yeah, because like this this movie is like um, like it is it's so like maybe not you know like as as it's not you know a bloody movie but it's like a insanely violent movie like this is like you know like pe- like people talk about you know quote unquote ultra violence and it's like you know like th- in my opinion this rates you know up there easily with, you know, like, I don't know, whatever you want on the name, like Scarface or, you know, like the fact that like you literally see, like, I mean, how old is that? How old is that kid? Like first the kid gets raped, which I'm glad we didn't see, but then like, they just fucking throw him, throw him over the railing and he, you know, drops. And like that kid's got, couldn't have been more than like 14. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Just smacks into the concrete and, and also, Sean Penn, and Sean Penn, you know, he's got that look on his face, like, "Oh, this is for real." You mm-hmm. know, it's not a game. You know, they also show. I mean, they show Sean Penn colliding with a child in the car. Like, yeah. They show the child get run over. Uh, yeah, and his before, dead body on the ground after. Yeah, yeah, and like, yeah, like explodes. you see somebody drag the body away. <laughs> the car, the car just fucking exploded. How did Sean Penn live? Sean Penn had the same exact uh, eye makeup. Or like face makeup that uh, Clancy Brown had later from oh, the yeah. uh, oh. champagne got that from an explosion. Clancy Brown got it from. Uh, I thought you were going to talk about face with the. I thought you were hands. talking about his his makeup that he had. Like whenever they That's, they they no they put the makeup on their eyes for their ski masks. Him and oh, Alan yeah, Rock. Yeah. Oh no. And I was thinking um, that also in combination with there's a shot of the black gang loading their weapons around the table. Mm. Those those two things are so from Dead Presidents, and I was like, uh, yeah. the Hughes brothers must have watched this movie like when they were kids, you know, and like loved it, mm. <laughs> and like they totally lifted those ideas from this movie. I love mm. the street shootout too, like how in the like when Alan Ruck gets blown away, and it's just all so messy, like yeah, they don't hit anything. <laughs> it's just like they could tell that it's just amateur hour, you know? And then when he, when he gets in the car and turns it around and immediately runs into a di- another car and then just keeps going. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how anyone drove in the 80s. Those cars were so long. Yeah, they're mm. massive. Yeah. Did you guys notice the uh, Halloween 2 on the marquee? Yep. I also directed Rick Rosenthal. By Rosenthal. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was like Halloween 2 con Jamie Lee Curtis. So she's apparently in this movie. Really? Uh, yeah, she's apparently like walking down the street when somebody's going into a hotel or something. Oh, uh, on why? set one day. I don't know. You know, they just probably asked her like. Yeah. Um, I like the score though. You're talking about that beginning, those that beginning, uh, the credit sequence with the the photos. You know, the photos of them as children, which is like, that's as close as it gets to a coherent message. I think uh, <laughs> it's like you know the loss of innocence or something. But I think that Bill Conti's score is the worst at that moment, like that sappy piano. But I love like the jazzy shit that he's doing during all the street scenes yeah. and all the stuff in the prison. Like his score is actually really, really good for this movie. Mm. All the piano shit with Ali Sheedy is horrible, but all the, <laughs> everything else is good. Well, and that's yeah. I mean, in, in you know, if you're Bill Conti, you're you're kind of like, well, what am I supposed to do? Everything with <laughs> Ali Sheedy is awful. Yeah. Do I just <laughs> telegraph that even more? And, and this is not Ali Sheedy's fault. I just, I think, I don't, it was just like a really poorly developed relationship. And it, and we should mm. not, it should not have continued once he was in prison. I did love the, after she was raped, when she did the, when they did the lineup. I love that lineup. I love how they just do it in the middle of the station. Like there's no room for it or anything. Yeah. That just have awesome. you right next to someone who probably attacked you. That was just, but I was like, you. I was like, that's just so. It felt more, like more real to me somehow that way. Mm. And how when she, and how she was like, that's him. And they were like, no, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah, <laughs> they, kept, yeah. they kept like trying to do the the, the way they're trying to do it. You know, I like mm. that. Great. Also, um, why is there acid paste in prison? Like, what is that used for? Except to burn the gate. You know what I mean? Well, no, I thought that was a. Uh... No, that wasn't the fertilizer. Fertilizer was for another thing. No, it was like yeah, a the jar. He puts it in weird. a jar yeah. from like a can, and there's like a cabinet that says corrosive. So there's nothing but corrosive acids in this cabinet. <laughs> Why? What are they for? What the, yeah. Hey, what the fuck is Barry? Like, what is Barry? As, as a, a Jewish kid. Oh. James no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Horowitz, for God's sake. Yeah. I know, but like, you know, in that scene where uh, I mean, Daniel's, oh, sorry. He's um oh ah shit what's 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 um the kid's name from um he's Arnie from Christine only without a car he's, he is similar a, to that kid yeah yeah he's he's the picked on kid who gets revenge by his yeah. using his wits <laughs> but he's not even yeah. like only it's it, more realistic because you know like yeah yeah the jocks you know beat him up and made fun of him. i would say and, you know uses his brains to make a bomb and i would say it's not realistic at all i think that's well, absurd no, like the idea that this kid like his 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 story he, he's for me like if ali sheedy's the worst part i think he's right there with her because he is only there to explain the prison to the audience and like how things work in the guise of explaining it to Sean Penn. And then all of his stuff, like about how, you know, how he got to prison. I don't believe any of that for a second. And like, it doesn't ring true at all. And like, he's his, his encyclopedic knowledge of how to create bombs and burn through gates. And so he's like, he's like MacGyver. And it's just a little silly. Cause he's like a 14 year old Jewish kid from Chicago. 
And I mean, it's, it's, uh, I understand it for the movie, but I, I, the, uh, the other things in the film feel more grounded. And I feel like I, I wish yeah. that. Well, more grounded. Yeah. Like just, he, uh, he stands out so much cause he's such a cartoon character exactly, exactly. in this, you know, very hardcore, um, you know, you're the bar brutal boss, movie. Man. Yeah. What do you mean? The bar boss? It's just the way it is. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the porn boss gets time off if he does right. <laughs> it's like, it's like, here's the exposition. Here you go. And it's, yes. it's just exactly. like such a the way like he's taken out of the action so that we can have a, a final confrontation, and the way that he also takes Viking out of the action is just like so annoying. Like it was, it was so clean. Um, you know, like he makes this uh, this bomb in like the the jukebox. Boombox. For boom, whatever. Sorry, boombox. For uh, I think I wrote jukebox in my notes too. I don't, I don't know what any anything manual is. Um, but he he, yeah, he makes this bomb for for Viking and Paco. But I think he wants. I, mean, I felt like he wanted Paco to be like the victim of it. And he's just like watching as Viking like listens to the music and stuff, and it's just so bizarre and then also like he he's he just doesn't like think through the consequences like he doesn't realize that like i'm gonna be in trouble for this Mm. and so he just gets put into solitary and he's like no man i can't be alone no 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 it's like you knew that was gonna happen though why would yeah (laughs) yeah like he's you know he's so brainy but yeah well and as weird as like remainder of the sentence like we don't know how long that is of course but I just I feel like other people have done shit just as awful in this movie, and they did not get put in solitary for the remainder of their sentences. That's the glory um, of it being an early '80s movie, too, is that we have no idea what the juvenile detention system was actually like back then. So it could have very well oh. been like a max security prison, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Um, they Ramon took shot and penned to the maximum security prison. I was like, oh yeah, the this, scared straight. This prison's <laughs> way fucking nicer. <laughs> he's probably like god i wish i could get in here man this looks yeah. all right <laughs> yeah five-star hotel compared to whatever the name is of their prison yeah i mean but well it's like why did you film the maximum security prison with like it's just like much more flattering light because like mm, it looks like the lights are on it's, it's way more like high tech so like yeah. you've got like the kids in this like fucking you know, 1920s, you know, prison <laughs> block. Mm. Like, and you're, I don't know. It's just, it was a, not the best version of scared straight. You should have made the maximum security prison looks way scarier. Should yeah. have had like a, like a, like a, like a, 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 a fight in the yard happen, like in front of him where some guy gets like stabbed to death, you know, but then that wouldn't be a shocker either. Cause well, that shit happens where he's at, you know? Yeah. I mean like, yeah, before he, before he even goes there, like, He's already beat the shit out of, you know, dudes with soda cans and he's witnessed a kid, you know, get raped and then dropped, you know, from the second story uh, balcony. Exactly. (sighs) Like, like what, what is going to scare him at this point? Okay. So (laughs) sloppy. (laughs) (laughs) Poppy's a little sloppy. Um, Anyway, I have I have two more notes, but one of them is a uh, visual. So I'm sending you guys a picture that I took off the screen, okay, Mm-mm. of the movie. This is during one of the classroom scenes, and this fellow that I took this picture of, I swear to God, 
This is on your phone, by the way. This is, I swear to God, this is James LaGrosse. Like, is that not James LaGrosse? Do you guys know who James LaGrosse is? I know the name, but I wouldn't be able to say if it's him or not. Just like a friend of yours from high school or something? No, he's from, (laughs) he's in Point Break. He's in, uh, he's in an episode of Friends, actually. Like, he's, he's just a character actor. He's been in a lot of stuff. He was in an episode of Girls. He was in, uh, he's been in a ton of stuff. But I swear to God, this is him. Like, I was like, when it happened, I was like, oh, my God, that's James LaGrosse. And that looks like that would be the age he was at at that time. And I looked it up, and he his first movie was in 84. So it's not him. But I'm like, that's got to be him. It's like well, the spitting image. It, drive me, it drove me nuts, dude. I paused the movie for like 20 minutes researching. It was crazy. Well, LaGrosse has blue eyes, and this kid has brown eyes. Fuck off. <laughs> well, you can't really tell what his eye color is. It's all desaturated and weird looking in this picture. I'm going to stand by it. I think it's secretly James LaGrosse. Um, also, the other thing is that uh, whenever the <laughs> whenever they're doing the drug deal at the very beginning, Isai Morales is like trying to sell the pills to uh, or he's like trying to set up the sale for the pills. For some reason, they have to meet twice to do this um, with the black character. And then the other the gang shows up in the alley. You guys remember this? Yeah. 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 And then he's like you pull any shit like this on Saturday and we're going to have a problem, which is ridiculous because it's like, they just tried it's to kill already him. a problem. Yeah. They already did it. Like why would Bills, like, yeah. you're still going to deal with them? But anyways, that's not my big problem with it though, but it's not a problem at all. Actually. Uh, when they, when they walk away, he's, he's like, he's like, I'm not fucking with you, man. You know, come Saturday, come correct with the money, blah, blah, blah. And the guy says bet. And then they run away. Like bet, like kids say bet yeah. now. And I could have sworn that was like a 21st century expression. Mm. Everything is cyclical, you know. That's crazy though. Man. I, I was like, I was blown away. I was like, that kid just said bet. This is 1983. <laughs> like I didn't, even, I didn't even think about it. I have kids wow. that say bet now. Like Dude, I thought yeah, that was a now. They're thing. all they're all saying bet now. Yeah, it's weird, right? Which is probably why I was just like. Why wouldn't he say bet in <laughs> 1983? <laughs> yeah, it was just very. Uh, it, it really no three i really it really took me out of it though for a second i was like that's really strange you just said bet anyways i think uh we have talked about sean penn's performance i mean do you guys think he's good in this no no <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i think he's fine i i don't know if this is the best thing i've ever seen him in well I think he I mean, better like, throughout the i I hated him in the beginning. Like I just, I, I initially wrote, Penn is such an immediately annoying presence, mm-hmm. um, and that probably just had to do with like, there's such a ridiculousness to to like, the crime shenanigans that that are going on, um, but I I ended up mostly with him by the end, um, and I still. I think my hesitation to to embrace this performance has a lot to do with the character itself, because I don't really understand what the character is supposed to be. Um, you know, the superintendent tells uh, Sean Penn, like, you're supposed to be some kind of example. And when he said that, I was like, why? Yeah, I heard that. Because he beat that. up the goons. It's like, why like, is he supposed to, who, who, who what, told him that? He's supposed what to be leadership <laughs> qualities has he shown? Right. What uh, what like good human qualities has he shown? Mm. Like, I don't get that at all. Um, so you know, I, I do. But in terms of just like 
his delivery of, of emotions and his, his delivery of lines. Uh, I think all of that is fine. Yeah, I agree. I think he's uh, passable in the movie for sure. I think he's obvi- it's like obvious. You can see there's like a spark of talent there. Like the kid's got talent, you know, like if you were watching this in 1983, you'd be like, OK, this guy's probably going to be pr- like pretty big, you know, like he's he's got a screen presence and he's he can act. But uh, I agree. A little bit's a little bit of <laughs> some of it's pretty goofy, especially like when he has when he has to emote and like cry and stuff. I don't know. He gets that weird cry face going. It's 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 yeah. strange. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's like I him crying at Ali Sheedy's apartment when he's escaped is was bad. I didn't necessarily like hate him crying as he walks away from the duel with with Paco. Mm-hmm. I didn't think that was as bad, even though it's like it's. No, I agree. That's not, that's not as bad. That's not as bad because it's. It feels more restrained, but how do you guys feel about them spitting on everybody when they walk in? Apparently, it's really? real spit. He encouraged them to spit on him. Ew. <laughs> of course he did. Because yeah. he's like a meth. He's so method, you know? And I, then, like, yeah, and then, like, apparently, he's, like, he's like checked into hotels under the name Mick O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> making this movie. <laughs> and then, uh, and then Isai Morales does it like the next day. Yeah. And everyone's spitting at him. He's like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> right. He's all <laughs> mad about it. Yeah. Not into this. All right. Um, you know, that's pretty much it. That's all. I I don't have any more notes or anything. I do. I will say it's a little silly that he beats these guys so hard with this suit, uh, suitcase pillowcase full of, uh, soda, but the cans don't pop. I mean, (laughs) the cans would pop, right? Yeah, for sure. So at least one of them would. Yeah. Not every can is making it through that whole beat down. Uh, cause that, That isn't just like a three hits, you know, with the cans. It goes on. He hits them a lot, yeah. And they, you yeah, know, they're they're outside. Like he just that room. lays waste to him. Also, why does he burn the picture of Ali Sheedy before he fights Usain Morales? Yeah, that, that didn't really make sense to me. And Ali oh, Sheedy well, like, okay. Sorry, Hold up. Hold up. Because <laughs> at that point, he's like, I'm going to kill him. And that means I'm probably never seeing Ellie again. So I just need to like let. Oh, that's not bad. Okay. Yeah. Not bad at all. Yeah. And the reason that you wouldn't have come up with that on your own is because it doesn't make sense for the character or with anything that was going on in the movie. (laughs) Because that kind of motivation stuff didn't didn't um, show up in this movie. Mm. Well, um, also I was just gonna say Ali Sheedy looks very much like Jennifer Jason Lee at in the same time period. You're exactly right. Yeah. It was Absolutely. Very similar. The um, next year, they were together, but, right? They were together. Sorry, Sean Penn and Jennifer Jason Lee. The fast, fast times are. Re- oh right, right, right. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That movie was the next year, correct? Was that eighty four? I don't know. That don't sounds know. right. That sounds about right. Um, but you know, Jennifer Jason Lee is a a better actress. But anyways, ratings for this one. I'm going three and a half. I'll go three. I went three and a half also, and I put a like on it. I like this movie a lot. I just enjoy watching <laughs> it. It's so much fun. It, it is. I every all the problems I totally acknowledge, and uh, but man, it is just it is so entertaining to me. I it's so easy to watch. Uh, so yeah, three and a half and a like. Uh, we talked about earlier over text. We talked about using. Unfortunately, the Tom Sizemore passed away. 
last night or this morning. Um, I think uh, it says, yesterday. Actually, it says, it says March third. Yeah, yesterday. So, um, yeah, and uh, he was uh, speaking of my sort of early adolescent uh, film goings on. He was a big part of that. He was like one of my favorite actors growing up. I used to make lists of like my favorite actors and actresses and directors and stuff when I was a teenager. And he was always like in the top three. <laughs> um, cause he's just like in all these movies that I love, like, I mean, when I was a kid, saving Private Ryan was huge for me. Cause I saw it in the theater when it came out and, uh, like he was in heat, he was in point break. He was in natural born killers and true romance and black Hawk down. You know, it's just like it's strange days. Like he's in all these huge movies for me when I was younger. So it was a real bummer to hear that he, uh, was on the decline and then he passed away. It's too bad. But mm. we talked about over text. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Brain aneurysm. Yeah. Like from complications brain. related to brain aneurysm. That's yeah. It's really rough. Always yeah. freaky and, and awful to hear that. Scary. Um, so we talked about using him as our, our letterboxed roulette. Just the same way we did with Ray Liotta when he passed. So, got get him, get him, get him up. Let's see. I'm ready. I got him up. Yeah. <sighs> okay. Oh, should we should we not count like Twin Peaks: The Return? Okay, if you don't want to, we don't have to. I I'm I counting log it. that. I logged that when I saw it. But yeah. All right. All right. Okay. Let's catch. Calm down. Calm down, guys. It, I honestly, Jr. I have a feeling it's not going to matter, but yeah. It definitely right. doesn't matter for me. <laughs> What's your number, Kevin? Fourteen. Fourteen. Right. Yeah, mine. Mine is. Uh, I assume that I'm going to lose. Mine's nineteen. Mine's twenty-two. <laughs> yeah. I rock. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was looking at it earlier, and I was like, "There's no way Jr. has seen Striking Distance." <laughs> yeah. uh, I have not. I've not seen Striking Distance or Get Carter. Right. Red Red Planet. How about the movie Red with him and Brian Cox? Did not see that. I literally rented this movie on VHS, not on VHS, on DVD, just because Tom Sizemore was in it. That's how much yeah, I was into Tom amazing. Sizemore. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you seen, I, mean, I, I imagine you've seen like all the ones that I've seen. You, you've probably seen Big Trouble. I have not seen Big Trouble, no. Oh, okay. Oh. I didn't see that one. So I really that. enjoyed that. That was, no, was during my. Enjoyed. I was during. That was during my anti PG thirteen phase. So like anything that was oh. PG thirteen, I just avoided. Everyone has that friend. Yeah, that, that was me. Even though it had a lot of good people in it, mm-hmm. and Tim Allen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, that's Tim. No, uh, no, no, that's reasonable. Back. Uh, also, uh, like movies like Ticker. Like I remember watching Ticker only because Tom Sizemore was in it. And like it's this horrible straight to DVD movie. Actually, I guess it was straight to DVD because it was 2001. It's like Steven Seagal and Dennis Hopper, and it was like this horrible, like low budget garbage action movie. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah, I've just seen a lot of garbage that he's in. But Tom Sizemore has uh, 198 credits on on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. which that that's a very large number. Oh, yeah. And this is not including most of his. Uh, if he's done much TV, it's probably not on here. I don't know that he's done. I mean, I know he was in um, he was in a couple of like mafia movies uh, that were like TV movies uh, back yeah, in the thousands. In the sort of course, of did uh, Twilight Twin Peaks. His career, right? Did Twin Peaks. 
anyway, yeah, I, I've always been a huge fan of his, so um, it's a big bummer. But I'm glad that uh, my fandom has paid off. I win. So let's <laughs> go to – hey, you know what, guys? I don't have – I'm on a different computer, JR, than I usually am, and I do not okay. have the letterbox roulette list. Uh, uh, I've got it. Okay. I, got it I can do the number, though. It's like random.org or something, right? I, I, I don't know. I it's, <laughs> you I it's you use it. It says it on the list, I mean, I think. Anyways, what's the number? The uh, total. Oh, sorry, the total number. Uh, 3570. Are you ready? The number the uh, the number is 2,999. Wow. Okay, let's go. Let's go. It's going to be a bad movie. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> We can always roll it again. <laughs> <laughs> this is taking its only if it's over time. two hours. We're not going to roll it again if it's not. I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> God. Okay. Can you find it already? What's nah, going on? My computer like works perfectly fine until I have so to search to... through this list right. every single time. Mm. Well, that's too bad. Um, I wish I like had it saved or something. I don't have like. I'm on the page. I'm there. I'm just like waiting for the poster to load, so I can see what the fuck it is. What is um, it? Called? Crossing cannons. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. Okay, I just found it actually. Mm. The list itself. This is great. Enemies, a love story. Bookmark this shit. For Enemies, a love story. I don't know. Yeah. Do we know what Enemies, a love story is? No. Looks like some 80s, 80s trash. But like with uh, real stars. It, and it's on your watch list, JR. Uh oh. It's on Paul your Mazursky. watch list. Oh, it's a Mazursky film. That's why. Yeah. Right. Angelica Houston, Lena Olin. Ooh, Ilya Baskin. You guys have fun with this one. Less than two hours. <laughs> Ron Silver. A ghostwriter finds himself romantically involved with his current wife, a married woman. And his long-vanished wife. Mm. Um, okay. Do so, it. Uh, All right. This is on Tubi and apparently on Canopy, although we know how, not all Canopy is the same. How insane is it that we were just talking about Burt Lancaster winning the Oscar for Elmer Gantry, and it's the movie before this one on the list? Wow. Crazy. Anyway. Elmer Gantry's stupid. <laughs> okay. It's not um, good. <laughs> uh so anyways, next time is someone's pick. It is me. JR's pick. Oh, it's JR. It's me. Hey JR. Lay it on us, man. Alright. Um I'm between a couple things, although maybe I should just pivot and we should watch Tim Allen in Big Trouble. I don't know. Um <laughs> I'm fine with it if that's what you want no, to do. No, I think sure. that uh man, I've I've had two things on my list that I've I've really wanted to get to. And uh and I think that I'm gonna force us to watch a slightly longer movie. Oh no. hundred thirty seven minutes. That's not too bad. Um, and I kind of want to do this because I think this could go really wrong. (laughs) Just like, I I think there's a chance that most people could hate it. Um, 
I guess I haven't even checked if you guys have seen it. Well, let's do Henry Fool. Henry oh, Fool. I've, I watched that uh, not that long ago. Oh, um, shit. Okay. Al Hartley. Should yeah. Have, you watched this really recently? Maybe that's why I decided uh, not to do it. A couple of years ago. You watched it in 2021, May. Fuck. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So let's, I guess let's not do that then. All you, right. You saw it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I I've been meet like I went like I went back and I watched uh Henry Fool and Faye Grimm, but um I've right. seen Ned Rifle, but it was on Netflix, but now it's like nowhere to be found and yeah, unless you, it's like on like Hartley's like actual his site or whatever and it's like no yeah, thanks probably I still have never seen Ned Rifle because it's mm-hmm. such a pain in the ass to find. Okay, so uh, we won't do that because Kevin, you saw it pretty recently. Sorry about that. Um, like it would be if we did it it would be the third time i had seen it so yeah let's not do that uh and you guys have probably seen this one too but i we guess that you've not seen it nearly as recently let's do uh state in maine from 2000 i've not seen seen state in maine need to see it on my watch list so that's good perfect this is this is one that i have not seen in a very long time really i remember very little of it besides liking it a great deal gives us a great opportunity to talk about the Alec Baldwin controversies happening right now which of course is what we I'm just kidding that's not (laughs) what I want to do Um, and of course David Mamet being like a a not awesome dude lately but uh Uh great writer though great writer great writer (laughs) can't argue with great writer and this comes from his his great great period of great writing so we're going to check out a uh, state made from David Mamet. Is that how it's pronounced? Mamet? I don't Mamet. know. I don't Mamet. fucking know. I've always heard Mamet. Mamet. David Mamet. Mamet, like Mamet. Mamet is like the guy who's... Uh, God, Mamet. Mamet is a producer on the Howard Stern show. His okay. name is Mamet. <laughs> well, let's watch David uh, Mam- Mamet. 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 <laughs> David Mamet. Yeah. Great. Father of Zosha Mamet. Sure. She's on Girls, right? Yeah, she's in Girls. <laughs> That's our third Girls reference for this episode. Mm. <laughs> A show that one of us liked and watched all of, probably? Yeah, I did. I watched all of it. I enjoyed most of it. Mm. I watched two seasons and also enjoyed what I saw, but did not continue. Hey, those first two seasons are the best ones. So, um, Alright, so next time we're going to be watching State in Maine. And... Uh, until then, thanks so much for listening. Uh, visit our website, filmmacpodcast.com. Uh, you can email us, but nobody ever does, so I won't even give out the email address anymore. Deal with it. And, uh, well, all right, you tell them. Like yeah. and subscribe, I guess. You know, as they say in the YouTube world, like and subscribe, even though we're not on YouTube. But wherever you listen to your podcasts at. Until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. Let your babies grow.